O give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, tell of all His wondrous works, glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that He has done, His miracles and the judgments He uttered. O offspring of Abraham, His servant, children of Jacob, His chosen ones. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we work through Your Word tonight, Lord, we thank You for the privilege that we have to gather together under one roof as a family in Christ and to, and to just feed our souls with your goodness and what your word says about you. God, I pray as we walk away from here tonight that, this, that your passage here and the message that you've uh, laid on my heart for your people, that it would touch people's lives tonight and that we would come away with knowing you better and that we would come away with glorifying you. And it's in all these things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. So tonight, church, I want to encourage you as we go through this psalm, to put on your, your looking eyes, your observant eyes, and to look and see God's glory. Look and see. First, look and see the works of the Lord. The works of the Lord. In the passage I just read, uh, the psalmist gives a lot of attention to God in His attributes of strength, miracles, and judgments. He is calling on Israel to remember and to reminisce on the power of God and His wondrous works. Now, why does God do these wonderful works? Well, God loves us, and God's grace overflows into our lives. All the things that God does in His grand design and His masterful plan, the blessings that come from that, they come to us, they are an overflow of His goodness and His perfection in design. God's works are wonderful because He is wonderful. We saw last week the beauty of God's grand and perfect design in His creation. It is grand and perfect because God is grand and perfect. We must make known His deeds and remember His wondrous works because it reminds us of who He is. He is wondrous. Church, I want you to, tonight, I want you to seek God's presence and rest in His strength. In the times of depression and anger and uncertainty and, and joy and unfulfillment and fulfillment, look and see God's wondrous works so that we see God. Look and see the works of the Lord. Secondly, I want you to look and see the plans of the Lord. Look with me in verse 7 and read on. And it reads, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers His covenant forever, the word that He commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that He made with Abraham, His sworn promise to Isaac, which He confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance." When they were few in number of little account and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. When he summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, 
who was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with fetters, his neck was put in a collar of iron, until what had said come to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him lord of his house and a ruler of all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. This next section we read here recalls the history of Israel from God's plan for Abraham to his, and his plans uh, for Joseph. And as I mentioned before, God is not only perfect in his grand design for nature, but also his design for for the world. His design for individuals' lives is perfect. Nothing ever catches God off guard because He is in control. What do you think Abraham and his family may have thought of when, when it was revealed to him what, to them what, pro, what God's promise was? Sometimes when God promises, promises you something, it's easy to go along with it and to trust in it at the start. But when you get to the middle of that promise, that's when the attitude tends to change. And I'm sure there were times when Joseph really had to sit down and think on what exactly God was trying to do through all this trial turmoil he was facing. You know, what could possibly be the, the purpose of my brothers hating me and trying to kill me? Uh, and, why, and what would be the purpose of being sold into slavery and, and why being falsely imprisoned? But Joseph always found rest in knowing that God's, God is perfect in His sovereignty and His planning and that all things work together for the good of those who love Him. You see, God took a small group of people, a family, and multiplied them into a, a nation that outnumbers the stars. God also took this young boy who was sold into slavery and raised him up to be a ruler of Egypt. And being a ruler of Egypt, that ushered in the way for this small family to grow into such a nation. You see, God's promise was fulfilled through all the turmoil and through all the trials that Joseph went through. God's plan worked it all out for his glory. His promise was fulfilled. Church, the things that we go through as individuals, as, as a family of Christ, it will fall into God's divine plan and bring glory and honor to him. God is in control of time, of nature, of good and bad, and He has numbered the hairs on your head. And when His plan comes to fruition, the result is blessing and completeness in God's plan. So look and see, church, the plans of the Lord and know that they are perfect. Look and see the plans of the Lord. Thirdly, look and see the promises of the Lord. Read with me in verse 26. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They performed his signs among them and miracles in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark. They did not rebel against his words. He turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. He spoke and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He gave them hell for rain and fiery lightning bolts through their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke and the locusts came, young locusts without number, which devoured all the vegetation in their land and ate up the fruit of their ground. He struck down all the firstborn in their land, the firstfruits of all their strength. These next several verses move on chronologically to 
the Exodus account. God promised to deliver His people from their oppression, and He sent plagues to Egypt, forcing Pharaoh's hand into submission. Church, I want, to, I want you to know tonight that God has promised us salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ. He has promised that all those who bow before the Lord in submission to His will and confess Christ crucified with their mouths will be saved. If you would look to Christ as the children of Israel looked upon the bronze serpent from, for salvation from death, God has promised to break the bondage of sin. That old man that was bound to the ways of this world, wandering in darkness, desperately needing salvation, now walks in a new light, transformed in his nature because God has fulfilled his promise. God has promised that those who receive Him and and who are in fellowship with Him will not be snatched away from His hand. We don't have to do anything to try and hold on to this salvation that has been promised to us because if we did, every one of us would have lost it already. God performed what seemed impossible to rescue His chosen people out of their bondage to Egypt. He sent forth Moses to do his will and to plead on his behalf, and to plead, plead on the children of Israel's behalf. God sent forth Christ to die in his elect's behalf. God kept his promise to Israel, and he keeps his promise to us. Look and see the promises of the Lord and salvation. Repent of your sin and call on the name of Jesus. Look and see the promises of the Lord. And lastly tonight, look and see the providence of the Lord. Pick up with me in verse 39. He spread a cloud cloud for a covering. This is right after they just left out of Egypt. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. They asked and he brought quail and gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. And he gave them the lands of the nations and they took possessions of the fruit of the people's toil that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. So lastly, God did not withhold His grace once His promise was fulfilled. He provided safe travel for Israel with uh, the cloud and the fire, and He met their daily needs for food and for water and pushing them onward into Canaan land. God's providence is part of His promises. God has promised to provide for you, to provide for us. And sometimes we just, we don't even think about just how much God provides for us and orchestrates every little detail of our lives for all things to fall into place. Being late for work this morning, you could have avoided a terrible, horrific collision on the interstate. Having to uproot and move to a different state could have opened up new opportunities for you and your family and, and opportunities for your children to be raised up in the goodness of the Lord. The sermon preached at the funeral of a loved one may be the tool that God uses to break the heart of an unrepentant sinner and call them to repentance. 
on and on. There are so many things that could be happening in your life that you have no idea how God will ordain it for good. God provided for Israel in their exodus from Egypt, and that providence brought them into the promised land. Everything we have, our food, our drink, our comforts, our indoor plumbing, and now all God's people said, Amen. Our church family, our biological family, it's all the providence of God. God provides for His children because He loves us and He wants us to find joy in His blessings and glorify Him for it. I was in my first year of Bible college and I was in Hermeneutics 201 and after class I went down to talk uh, to my professor. His name was Dr. Thad Daddle and he has since gone to be with the Lord. But I asked him, how do you reconcile God's sovereignty and controlling this universe with, with man's choices and their responsibility for their actions? And all he could tell me was that as he looked back on his life, because he was quite advanced in his age, he could recall times when he thought he was in control, when he thought that he, had, well, that, that he was holding all the cards. But he looks back now and realize how the providence of God was at work through all of it. He had thought that he achieved certain things, and he had thought that it was because of his hard work and his dedication that he, that he had earned his, his comforts and living and his wife and his church and his family. But he realized later that as he looked back, it was all God's hand moving and orchestrating everything in his life to fall into place. Look and see the providence of the Lord. I want to encourage you tonight, church, to meditate on the works of the Lord, His promises, His plan, and His providence. God is in control, and He has shown us through countless examples in Scripture and through the testimonies of family and friends that He is good. And He is in control of every situation, providing for His church and for His children. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, just for Your Word. Thank You for Your, your faithful servants who wrote the Psalms to give us such, to, to call on us for reasons to praise You and to bring up remembrance of things of, of our lives and in, in the history of how You've just worked out everything for good. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who is in control and that you, you, are, you, you give us providence and that, Lord, you keep your promises and that your wondrous works, Lord, that you orchestrate everything for your glory. God, I pray that the words of my mouth, as I am but a simple vessel for your name, I pray that, uh, that your message would have uh, fallen on ears, Lord, for, for people to to sit back and, and really think about just how much you are involved in their life. God, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this privilege that we can all gather together. And, as I, and I pray as we go into a time of prayer, Lord, that you'd be with us and that, um, and that you would help us to nurture each other as a church family and that um, you would give us opportunity to really uh, praise you and to um, petition you, Father. I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.